Greetings, programs and applications. I'm Ben, and I am Keith, and we are the, the Two Gay, Gay Geeks. Geeks. We are the nerds behind TG Geeks webcast, where we talk about sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre. You name it, we talk about it. We release an episode every Monday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. You can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Spreaker, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, look us up on YouTube. And, of course, we can be found at TGGeeks.com, where you can find not only our webcast, but articles about other geeky goodness. So come along for the wildest ride in the potosphere. Did you just say potosphere? Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 149 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. As always, I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Ray Vargas. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing good, Joe. What's up? Uh, nothing but a, a nice lingering case of con crud. <laughs> it's real. It is real. It is real. So I apologize once again to our listeners if I am coughing and hacking on the podcast. Oh, but, man. Uh, and and I just – Matt woke up about half an hour ago. He, he, he has since gone back to bed, but he now has it. Oh. It means I'm going to be taking care of him for the next two days. That's the worst. Um, he got it, and he didn't get the con part. He just got the crud part. Yeah, he just got the crud part. So he didn't even get benefits from it. <laughs> Um, but it is not just us today. We are joined by the wonderful Troidal Power from uh, the geek to geek Media Network. How are you doing, Troidal? I'm doing well, thanks. Now, I'm not suffering with... from con cred, thankfully. Which is good. Definitely well, a good thing. That means I didn't go to a con, so there's a trade-off. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> um, should we be calling you Troy or Troidal? I, either one works. I mean, my name is Troy, but I, I'm Troidal Power everywhere online, so either one works. Okay. Joe, does anyone um, ever call you Epic or Epic Grays? Um, <laughs> no, because I'm so open about my actual name on everything. Mm, okay. So um, most people know me from the podcast first and the gaming later, <laughs> and and so that helps. But there's a lot of people online that that just go by their handle. Oh, I feel like I need a handle now. I need an alter ego. <laughs> like, like our, like one of our net, network heads, uh, Void. You know, he is he's the man That's of right. mystery. That's right. Cool. He's just a mushroom. A talking he is mushroom. Just a, he is not just a mushroom. I feel like that that does not give him the full weight of his presence. <laughs> That's true. All right, Troy. Well, we uh, we know you because we hang out with you on Slack. But for the <laughs> listeners who don't know you, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, sure. So uh, I am. Uh, oh man, I don't know how to tell about myself. Uh, I'm a geek. I like playing a lot of video games. I like reading a lot of comics. Um, and uh, uh, a couple years ago, I did a podcast that went nowhere and then I didn't do anything online for a long time. And then in the past year I've started doing a lot more stuff online and it's been really cool to find other geeks out there in the world. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yay. That's one yeah. of the best things about doing podcast is like you, you find your people real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's been very cool. It's been very cool. And so, uh, Troy, what are the areas of, uh, so yeah, geek I'm a geek. I, that's, yeah. that's kind of what I got about myself. <laughs> uh, Troy. Yeah. What are the, uh, what are your areas of geekitude? Um, so like I said, I play a lot of video games. That's kind of always been the staple for me. Uh, like I remember, growing up and playing the original Zelda uh, with my older brother on the NES, which I finally beat last year, thanks to it being on the Switch uh, through the Nintendo Online thing. So that was very satisfying. Um, but yeah, video games were kind of always around. And then comic books were always kind of a periphery thing for me. Um, I had a couple comic books that I read a bunch growing up, um, which my mom recently found a box with all the like the, the like 20 issues of comics that I had growing up, which has been awesome to revisit those. Um but in more recent years, I've gotten way more into the comic book side of things, um, kind of starting when the, the MCU kicked off. Um, and then, I don't know, I think, I think games and, and, and comic books and comic book movies are kind of my, my main things. And, uh, and what, kind of, what kind of games do you, what, like, what are your favorite types of games? Ooh, um, I have kind of two sides to that coin. One is that... Um, I, I have like a dangerous ability to get addicted to games. Uh, mm-hmm. So like Rocket League for uh, about a year was basically the only thing I played. Nice. Um, but what I really like in games is I like the kind of experiences of playing games. And so I find things with like Rocket League and Fortnite and stuff like that don't really, they don't scratch that itch for me. Mm-hmm. So I tend to veer more towards single player things where it's more about kind of the the story, but also just the experience of going through it. Like recently I've been playing through doom 2016, which has like not an interesting story in the slightest, but the experience <laughs> of playing that game is really, really satisfying. So that that's what I lean towards and try and stay away from the Fortnites and the rocket leagues, because I know that I will get sucked into those. Yes. I, I have a lot of students that rocket league and they are um, like, they are obsessed. So it's a I, very I, good game. Yeah, my understanding is this is an excellent game. I actually have one that that competes regularly and scores very high. And I'm like, well, you need to let us know so we can watch your stream. <laughs> um, do you have any areas where your geekitude is low, where you're just like, I'm gonna exit myself out of this conversation? Um, I yeah, I've got two. One one that's kind of I'm a little bit embarrassed about, which is DC. I just don't know DC very well. Um, I, I've 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 read chunks of dc comics but nothing like i've done with marvel comics and the dc movies i actually haven't seen one since wonder woman and i think suicide squad was before that but i never got around to that one so i haven't seen suicide squad justice league or aquaman which considering that like i pride myself on like pop culture geekiness i'm, I'm a little ashamed that i haven't gotten around to those but i think dc I think should the, be ashamed well yeah, yeah, and, yeah seriously and, <laughs> the, the biggest thing for me is that I like, I kind of like won't watch them out of spite because the, uh, the CW DC shows I'm, I'm years behind on now, but I love those shows. And the fact that they were like, the flash is in the movies now, but it's a different guy made me really upset. Cause I, I love the flash. That's, that's like my favorite, uh, character in the CW TV series. And the fact that they just didn't use him is really disappointing to me. <laughs> yeah. You're not, I understand why, but it's disappointing. <laughs> DC also gets, goes deep and gets weird. I mean, I mm-hmm. I feel like I know DC pretty okay, but every now and then I'll, I'll deep dive on something and go, what? Like, there's this whole other crisis thing that 
It's like yeah. affecting everything. It's it's hard to follow. I'm not sure if for me it's because I've just spent more time researching the Marvel stuff, but like when I hear about something new in Marvel continuity, I'm, my response is usually like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And when I hear about new things in DC continuity, I'm just like, how? How though? <laughs> why? How and why both? Totally. Absolutely. So um, what's your, do you have a favorite fandom? Um, my favorite fandom is definitely the, the Marvel stuff right now. I mean, that's, that's really what I'm into. Although actually the, the other one that would be a favorite for me is Doctor Who. I, I really love Doctor Who and I love the conversations that happen when, there is new Doctor Who about, <laughs> but that doesn't happen very often. So Marvel's kind of the persistent one. And then every time there's new Doctor Who stuff coming out, I like I go and subscribe to like four podcasts that I listen to when the new series is on. And then I just get rid of them when there's not new stuff because the, the in-between conversations I'm never as invested in. I got to check out one second. Oh, and I didn't say earlier. I'll jump back to that. The other place where my geekitude is low is anything horror. I have like no tolerance for anything that's scary or spooky or creepy or gruesome. Just can't do it. Oh, that's 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 rough for Ray to hear. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing I said it while he's gone. My wife yeah. loves that stuff though, which I, I feel bad for her because like when it was coming out, she was all excited about it, and I was like, Nah, I'm not not doing that one. I love you, but I can't. I can't go. You know, it's funny. I feel like we do not properly utilize each other for and our spouses to like we should be we should be better at connecting our spouses to one another because like I know <laughs> that when I met Rob in Minnesota, my my husband loves weather and his wife's a meteorologist. And so the two of them just like geeked out at the end of the table while we did our geeking out on the other end of the table. Oh, that's awesome. And and so I feel like it's like, well, okay. So between Ray and me and a couple of other people on here who like um, horror films, we should be talking to your wife. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. While you talk to people like like Ray doesn't play video games at all, you know. So I, I feel like we don't network properly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Sorry, I had to step away for a minute. Like the cats this morning are extra rambunctious. I heard you snapping at one, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> something's going on in Ray's Dude, household. It's weird because I, I can't – first of all, they're cats, so they're practically aliens. Um, mm-hmm. But I can't tell. I have, a, I have a, a younger female and an older male, and um, I can't tell when they're fighting or when he's trying to hold her down and fuck her or when she <laughs> is, like, messing with him because – Sometimes I feel like I'm protect because he does get too rough with her and she, she starts to make, she hisses and she starts to make this like guttural sound. Like I can tell it's not good. Uh, and then I'll go kind of like separate them and feel like I'm protecting her. And then she'll pounce on him and I'm like, yo, what do you like? Help me help you. So, <laughs> so for, for now, because they're making all kinds of noise in the background, I just separated them. They'll, they'll, they'll you know, they'll be reunited after we're done recording the podcast. <laughs> Sorry about that. That <laughs> kind of cat data side. <laughs> I have a, a small dog that normally is hanging out with me out here whenever I'm recording or streaming or anything like that. And so I'm, I'm very familiar with the, like, trying to do the subtle snap off to the side. I'm like, <laughs> stop, stop. The thing is, he's a dog. So I know exactly what he wants. Like, he's easy to understand. Cats, I don't understand at all. But him, it's like, I want to sit in your lap. And I'm like, I'll be on an exercise bike. I'm like, you, you literally can't sit on my lap. Right now. Like, I don't really have a lap. <laughs> totally. My, my cats are the same way. Exact same way. And 
Yeah, now I, now I know how my mom felt. I'm like trying to like remain composed and also get them to behave. <laughs> 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 Sorry, mom. <laughs> oh, uh, so, Troy, back to you. Um, hmm. Is there anything out there that you geek out about that's not quite mainstream, but you feel like everybody needs to know about it because it's just that good? Yeah. Um, well, this, this is kind of a weird one because I feel like it's becoming more popular, but I don't know if that's just because I'm finding more and more wonderful people. I love the Animorphs. Uh, did either of you read the Animorphs books back in the late nineties? No, I'm familiar with them, but no, I never actually read them. Oh my gosh. Same. Yeah. They're so good. I, so I, I found, uh, a couple years ago, I found a, a podcast that was going book by book and reviewing them, which inspired me to start rereading them. Um, these were like my favorite books when I was a kid. And I've read through, I read through the entire series in the course of a little over a year. And now there's like six different Animorphs podcasts I listen to that are, are all doing it book by book. And for the most part, now I just listen along. I'm not like rereading the series six times at once. Um, but I love the Animorphs books. So for anyone who's not familiar, the Animorphs is a book series about an alien invasion happening on Earth where people are, uh, or aliens are taking over people's brains. Think like body snatcher type stuff. Uh, and the series is about six like preteen kids who have to try and save the world through the ability to transform into any animal that they can touch for two hours at a time. And like, okay, kind of a simple fantasy sci-fi premise there. But what's incredible looking back at those books now is that they are just insanely dark and they deal with like post-traumatic stress disorder and depression and like imposter syndrome and all sorts of weird mental health issues that you would not expect like a middle grade book series to deal with um so i i i loved them when i was reading them as a kid and then reading them again i was like loving them while simultaneously being horrified at the idea (laughs) that i had read these as a kid um but there's there's a kind of been a constant push since since the series ended to have something happen with them. And right now it sounds like there's uh, a graphic novel series actually in the works, which is really awesome. So I love the Animorphs. If you never read them as a kid, I like I would sincerely recommend just like pick up the first book and start reading. The first book's a little rough, but you need it. Like they're serialized, which is another crazy thing for a kid's book series. This is like 52 books in the main series, and it's wow. like got elements that carry over from book to book. I mean, you, you can, you can skip around. It's, it's kind of like Star Trek next gen level of, of carryover where there are continuities more than I would expect for a kid's book, but you can also jump around just fine. I love these covers. <laughs> they, oh my gosh. The covers are amazing. Right? That's what sold kids on them in, in middle school is the, every cover is a kid transforming into an animal. <laughs> it looks so just, bizarre. What you want to do that Ray is really focus in and isolate for yourself just the middle face on every single cover because <laughs> yeah. that's just its goal. Yeah. That what I would have loved to illustrate these. Oh my God. <laughs> and it says here that, I don't know, you can maybe verify this. If you flip the pages of each book quickly, you can make the transformation occur and unoccur via crude flip book illustrations on the bottom right corner of every page. Absolutely. So these books had what? a couple sweet things going. Oh them. my god! One is the cover. <laughs> one is the flip book. Uh, one is that the back always had like the the you know the blurb describing what's happening in the book, which is pretty standard. But they were always like like perfectly terribly written. Like even as a kid, I was like, this is bad. Um, but then the last thing that made the book so appealing that 
if you're looking on a website, you may find some pictures of them, is that the the cover wasn't the only cover. See, the cover would have a cutout over the completed morph where it's just the animal's face. And then you open it up and inside is a picture showing that animal like in whatever scene happens in the book. Oh so there was like two covers to every cover. Yeah, they thought of everything. <laughs> they were, well, I was, it's just so good. <laughs> I, I, it was funny because when you said that, I, I knew of Animorphs, but I didn't know anything more than they existed and that mm. they were very popular with some people. And I didn't realize they had to touch the animal. Which yeah. is very interesting because I know they're turning into some kind of wild and wacky animals out there. So <laughs> either they've got really good access to a zoo or um, <laughs> or something weird is going on in this world. Right. Can you so imagine? I'll tell you. Like if you want to transform into something dangerous, you have to get close enough to touch it. And then before it attacks or whatever, be able to turn into it and then fight it off if you need to. Y'all are getting the idea of why these books are so good, I'm telling you. Because like every single one involves an adventure where they have to go get the animal. And I will tell you, so the books, they start off, every book starts off with like, my name is Jake. I can't tell you my last name or, or where I live because if I do, the Yerks will find me. But through the course of the series, it's basically revealed that they live in like Southern California coastal area, somewhere near like a Bush Gardens type thing. And so that's where they get a lot of their morphs is they just cruise into the, it's like a combination zoo theme park. And I cruise mm. into the zoo and get morphs there. But even there, like hijinks ensue where, you know, all right, the tiger's asleep. I'll go and acquire his morph by touching him. And then, you know, oh, snap, there's two tigers in this pen. Gotcha. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Oh, wow. Earth has been invaded uh, listen, by alien slugs called Yerks. Okay. I'm, I'm sold. If y'all want to skip talking about Marvel, I can tell you about animals for about I think, it's gonna be, I think this is going to be its own episode. We'll have to do that. Like, Ray and I will have to read a couple of the books and come back and go, all right, Troy. Let's do an I can make you a reading list. I'm, I'm 100% here for that if y'all ever want to do it. That, hey, I, I have not decided what my, my – I start uh, – I start next week traveling back and forth to, to school again. So I'm going to need to fill up that, uh, that audio book list. So I will, I will give one There's a try and see how it goes. Sadly, no audio books. Cause this oh, is the no. era before every book got an audio book and Scholastic is weird about the rights for these and won't oh, like, they wow. won't let me. P- people have tried to make like fan made audio books and Scholastic has shut them down. Wow. Right. It's tragic. Somebody I have found online, somebody went through and put, the entire so there's 52 books in the main series and then a couple of offshoots so i think there's 62 books total and somebody fed like every single one of them through uh like a computer reader <laughs> and it's very bad because there's alien <laughs> names and weird situation and it does not work well at all oh geez that's too all bad right. this is my this is my ssr book for when the kids have to read quietly in my class i will read animorphs <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it will cause conversations between kids who have read the, the book series themselves so it's a win-win that's great this is my favorite <laughs> question for guests because we always hear about something get super excited about some new geeky thing that we weren't not aware of before um so before we move on uh what are you what are you working on right now um, so I, I have a couple different things that I make. Um, so I do the a Twitch stream, um, which my, my promo is kind of wrong now because I'm trying to get myself back in shape. So I'm now only letting myself uh, stream while I'm on an exercise bike. So it's actually usually been Thursday mornings that I do that. Um, so that's at twitch.tv slash Um But I also make a couple different podcasts. Um, 
one is uh, an audio only let's play where it's me playing video games. I'm, I'm not the first person to do an audio only let's play and I'm not the best person to do it, but I'm the only one that's got me on it. So that's the selling point for it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's called, uh, you can just search the power playthroughs. That, that podcast is why I use Trotal Power as my name because my friend MC is really amused by ridiculously long names for things. So the podcast is called Troidal Power presents the power playthroughs podcast with Troidal Power. Um, which is why I started using Troidal Power everywhere. Um, and then, uh, I do an animation podcast, uh, called Best Animated Shows Ever So Far with, with my friend MC, where we review cartoons. Um, so those are the kind of the, the regular podcasts I do. But the one I actually want to focus on is one I'm not doing right now called Podcasters Assemble, uh, which was a show I did that had input from just a whole bunch of people, including Rob, um, from, from, and sometimes Rob, uh, where we did an episode a day le- leading up to the release of Endgame, um, where we talked, it was a review of every Marvel movie, uh, which was cobbled together from a bunch of people's thoughts. And it took a ton of work to do, but it was really fun. And uh, I'm not working on it currently, but we're going to do a similar thing leading up to the release of uh, Star Wars Episode Nine this year. So... That actually hasn't been a formally announced anywhere. We kind of put a teaser in the end of our last episode. But yeah, we're going to uh, be starting that soon, reaching out to people to get their thoughts on all of the Star Wars movies, but probably do it as a weekly release instead of a daily release this time because the daily release and daily editing nearly killed me last time around. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of work. My wife was very patient and very supportive through that process. Well, it's very cool. You've got a lot of stuff going. Yeah. I'd make a lot of stuff. <laughs> I don't really know how I have the time to do it. Every time I pause and think, I'm like, how? Again, like DC, I'm like, how and why? Yeah. <laughs> yes, DC, why? <laughs> well, thanks for, for talking with us and letting us know a little bit about you. Um, we are going to move on to our weekly geekery, which is something that all of our podcasts have in common. We all... Uh, like to talk about what we geeked out about this week. Ray, what were you geeking about out well, this week? Well, um, I actually attended my first ever book reading yesterday, which cool. was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I I don't know if I mentioned before that I was reading this this book of uh, short stories uh, called Sabrina and Karina. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And so the author, um, Kelly Fudge, I'm sure I'm fucking this up but uh her name is kelly Fajar- kali fajardo anstein um who's uh she's a writer from colorado she came out uh and visited uh this shop in uh in boyle heights called espacio 1839 and she had a reading uh and it was a lot of fun it was the first time i've ever gone and you know listened to an author read their stories and uh kind of you know share and take questions from the crowd or whatnot um it was really cool and uh it it because it's this like online book club thing that I'm a part of it, it, even though I didn't know that many people there, it still kind of felt like, you know, it was this cool little community that was coming together to, uh, to like celebrate this book and, and get to know the author a little bit. Um, and of course, you know, I had to sit and do some sketching and drawing while the reading was going on instead of <laughs> following along like everyone else. Um, <laughs> So that was a lot of fun. I'm actually now looking forward to, to attending more book readings. Um, I also have been binging uh, Stranger Things season three, which just came out not too long ago. Um, 
while I'm working, I've, I've still got like uh, a few commissions going on. I finished up a couple of tattoo designs. I'm working on a mural design now that's kind of been on the back burner. So just uh, streaming or sorry, streaming, um, binging uh, Stranger Things, which I don't know. Joe, do you watch? Do either of you actually uh, watch Stranger Things on Netflix? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Have, have, have either of you dove into the, the latest season? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, okay. Are we are we all are we all fully caught up? I mean, we're not going to spoil anything. <laughs> no. but I just want to know where I'm talking. No, to. I'm only a few episodes in. Um, okay, but you've seen the first okay. two seasons. Yeah, I've seen the first two seasons. Yeah. And Troy, you're done. Yeah, we we finished it. I think last weekend. Yeah, awesome. I I started seeing so. I mean, it came out a, a while, like what two three weeks ago, maybe a month ago. Strangers uh, season three. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, it came out on Fourth of July. And it's funny, I feel like it's this thing now where when something like that drops on Netflix, everyone finds time to like binge it like right away. <laughs> and then there's this like wave of conversation and reaction like online, right? And then like after a week, like that wave's gone. And it's like, who's really like talking about Stranger Things right now? Like almost no one, but for a while it was everywhere. And if I, I find that if I don't catch that wave and watch it then, then it just, I forget about it. And so it was in my queue and I'm like, oh, I'm doing all this. I'm sitting, you know, I'm on my iPad and, and doing all this drawing. Might as well catch up with all this stuff. And so right away it felt way more confident than what I remember, especially season two feeling like. Yeah. Right. Like it's like, oh, okay, they know what they're doing. Like there's, they're super confident about what they're going for and, and their storytelling style. Season two is, feels very forgettable to me. Like I, I remember season one, but I don't really remember a lot of season two. And I was worried that that might, you know, like hinder my, my watching of season three, but so far it's not. Yeah. I think they do a good job of kind of telling a story that is relatively self-contained in each season. Like as long as you watched the previous season, you don't really need to remember specific details from the previous season. Right. Which I, I think that's something they really succeed at compared to some other yeah. shows. Yeah. Right. I really appreciate that for sure. But that's, that's what I've been doing this week. So actually getting stuff done and being geeky at the same time, I feel really accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, we're going to have to, we're going to have to put stranger things on our list of, of stuff to podcast about. Cause we haven't done anything on, any of the seasons of Stranger, That's Stranger true. Things, I don't think, and so that would be a that would be a fun one to talk about because I I have feelings and, and <laughs> thoughts. Um, I I know a lot of people did not like this season. And oh really? I think it was probably my favorite out of the out of the three. I I understand them not liking uh, some of the characters because they were, you know, angsty teenagers. But oh right. You know, I work with ex-teenagers, <laughs> so it was very comfortable for me. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. I would love to do that. Um, it, it'd be fun to kind of point out all the influences and, and you know, homages that they do that, that we that we can see. Yeah. Cool. What about you guys? Joe? Um, I watched X-Men Days of Future Past, The Rogue Cut, which I had not seen. And... Um, <laughs> I honestly think it makes a lot more sense and is a better movie what? than the original, which I have to say I thought was still pretty good. Um, what bothers me is that they had the perfect ending to the series 
you know, to the franchise right there and then went on and made two more movies, yeah. one of which was mm-hmm. Dark Phoenix, which should not exist. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not, not that I have a strong opinion or anything, but, um, yeah. Can I ask what uh, led up to what your, your viewing of the Rogue Cut? Yes, because I go into these cycles of, um, like, I really, really, I know I can't, I know I won't, but I really, really want to do uh, a tabletop RPG, like, either online or I, I really, really, really want to do one, um, but I just know I don't have the time. Mm. So I, that doesn't stop me from going back and looking at my old books and stuff, and so my favorite module for uh, Marvel superheroes, the, the classic eighties TSR game um, was their days of future past supplements. Like it tells you exactly how to create this entire world where your characters are running around as rogue mutants, trying to, trying to not die. And, um, and I was like, you know, I haven't watched days of future past and I really like that world. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to watch it. And I'm like, oh, hey, the rogue cut. And I hadn't seen that. And I'm like, well, let's see how, how it fixes it. And like two-thirds of the way through, I'm like, I, I haven't seen rogue. <laughs> I haven't seen rogue here. <laughs> That's great. But, but, um, but spoilers for people who haven't seen the rogue cut um, or, or any of them. The reason why I like this one better than the other one is I feel like with the original, what we get is a lot of Ellen Page screaming in pain for the last third of the movie. And, yeah. and the reason why rogue is included in this is that, you know, when, when Wolverine accidentally, um, you know, stabs uh, Kitty, they're like, well, she's just got to suffer through it. And Iceman's like, no, we can go get, we can go rescue Rogue. So they go rescue Rogue and Rogue takes her powers and then she continues. I think that's great because the franchise kind of starts with Rogue and Wolverine. And I feel like this is kind of a good bookend to it. Oh, yeah. Damn. Yeah. It, yeah, it really, like, it, for me, it was like, it made sense. We didn't have Ellen Page screaming for the last third of the movie, which was fine. But, I mean, I think she's good. I think I think Kitty Pride was a waste of Ellen Page's talent, but um, which is terrible to say because Kitty Pride's like one of my favorite characters. Um, but yeah, I felt like it just kind of cleaned that up so we didn't have to hear her, you know, in pain for a third of the movie, and it it kind of brought in that bookend of Rogan Wolverine finishing up the story, which even more makes me say that when he walks through at the end and says, sees everything is reset, sorry for, for X-Men 3 are bad, <laughs> and, and then we're done. And then you go and make two more movies. <laughs> It'd be great if you actually looked at the camera and said that. Sorry, are bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's what, like, when we, see, when we see Phoenix and Cyclops at the end, uh, Jean Grey and Cyclops, I'm like, you know, okay, yeah, that's there. Hey, we fixed it. Sorry, <laughs> we, 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 we messed up. We're good. Um, I remember having hope at the end of that movie, and I just, I like it. Just, I just have a sour taste in my mouth for the X Men movies now. Man, I missed out. I went back and watched. Um, not too long ago, I, I went back and watched Days of Future Past, and I wish I had thought to put on the road cut instead. So I'm, now I got to check it out. Yeah, it actually didn't. Like I thought it was going to feel. I heard it. It dragged out. I'm like, no, she was in like 
three scenes. <laughs> like they rescued her, which is a cool action scene with Magneto, Iceman, and Rogue. And then, um, you know, anytime you saw them flash back to, to Kitty keeping Logan in the past, it was Rogue instead. I mean, that was it. That was literally the only change, mm. but it made it make sense. Make it make sense. Yeah. Cool. It seems like it's generous so, to call it the rogue cut if that's all they changed in it. I assumed it was like substantially <laughs> different throughout. Well, and especially I heard in, that in the original but, book, it's rogue that travels through time, right? No, it's shadow. Not, no, it's Kitty. Or it's, it's Kitty. Kitty. It's Kitty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um. But yeah, no, I thought I had heard that it was kind of like her having like this dialogue with somebody. It was completely removed from the rest of the story. And I was like, oh, this is going to be bad, but I'll watch it anyway. No, it, it fits seamlessly. It, it made complete sense. It was a better, I thought, a better movie. But it's two and a half hours now instead of two hours, right? Yeah, but I mean, it's it, like the, the chain. I don't even think it's that long because it's like seriously, it just adds one big scene and then just switches Rogue out for Kitty for all the rest of the scenes. Okay. Like that, that's literally the only change. So it says here the original is two hours and 12 minutes and the Rogue cut is two hours and 29 minutes. Yeah, so it's like a 10-minute scene. Oh, and it's an action scene, so it's not like a slow drag-on. No, they have to go in like they're keeping – again, spoilers. They're keeping um, Rogue in um, the old X-Mansion in Cerebro, and that's why Professor X hasn't been able to find what? her. That's but, cool. But Bo- that's yeah, cool. but Bobby knows that that's where she is. He just doesn't know how to get in. And, and <laughs> Patrick Stewart's like, well, you know, I might know a few things about that mansion that other people don't. And so sends Bobby and Magneto in to go save Rogue. What? Yeah, that it's it's, awesome. it's really like, it's like a heist rescue mission in the mansion. Yeah, that's great. That sounds is right. It, is it fully like all the CGs like done and everything? Like, oh yeah, no, it's fully rendered, fully like yeah, it's a complete. The scenes are complete, dude. All right, I'm oh man, this afternoon. Yeah, go back <laughs> yeah, and watch it. It's like, honestly. <laughs> Honestly, it's it, if if you've heard that it's a waste, it's not. I think it cool. It's like the Nando ending to oh, uh, it, like it, it just makes so much more sense, but it doesn't really change anything. Yeah, we can just pretend that an X Men Apocalypse and uh, definitely Dark Phoenix never happened. Um, what movies? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, see, Easy, easily done. Um, so yeah, so so Days of Future Past, the road cut. Um, I also got and have been playing a lot of um, multi- uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, which is really stupid fun. <laughs> <laughs> like like you can just play any Marvel character you want, and it's just they're all a little bit different characters that I'm not even that big of a fan of like I can take or leave the Hulk. He is so much fun to play and he's really, really good at like what he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, the character that I've, I've only gotten, I have not passed Ultron. I, I've realized I have to level up my characters a little bit more before I'm going to pass Ultron. But um, I love playing uh, Janet Van Dyne's wasp. Like I feel like she plays so easily and she's just a fun character to have flying around your screen it's i i love this game i keep hearing people praising the wasp in that game i i my wife and i are barely into it yet but the wasp is the one that keeps coming up everywhere i listen as as a really fun one yeah just because i think it's so unexpected because people don't think of her as like one of the heavy hitters but they've they've really designed her well i'm gonna have to start playing just so i can be part of the the slack 
con- conversations about this game. <laughs> Oh, Ray, you would you would like giggle with me, like in just. And I don't see you as the giggler, but I think you would just like sit there and just all smiles, just be like, "This is so cool." Um, you told me about it way that. back, and I regret not jumping in now. Um, the like playing um, Star Lord again, not my favorite character anywhere, but um, when he like all the characters have like a jump and attack move you can do and his is like he's like upside down and shooting at the ground it's <laughs> like it's just ridiculous fun. all right how about okay. you troy what have you been up to um sure so uh we've been doing a lot of stuff around our house this is not terribly geeky but uh we're, we're actually expecting our first kid in december and so we've Nerd. been doing a lot of like we've been doing a lot to try to like you know get life in some semblance of order before that um so like you know i i spent a weekend uh a couple weeks ago like entirely cleaning out my garage uh the geeky connection on that is then i set up uh my exercise bike in front of a tv with retro video games hooked up to it so hey that's a win (laughs) um on the geekier side of things uh we've been watching star trek voyager um i've seen all the star trek shows but my wife had never watched star trek when when we first met uh so we've worked through next gen and ds9 and now we're we're near the end of the second season of voyager um and i like it which I didn't before Voyager was always the one that I, I I thought of as kind of my least favorite Star Trek show, but I've really been enjoying it this run through. Uh, and, and it's always fun. I I love watching stuff with my wife because it's cool to see things from a new perspective, but also because my wife is very, uh, she's, she gets very invested in the moment when she's watching something. So she's the kind of person who like when she's watching a scary movie, will yell at them to like turn around and that kind of stuff. Maybe not quite that extent, but she like gasps at things and it just, it makes me so happy whenever she does that. So it's been really delightful to, to watch through that with her. Um, and then the other thing I did is I saw Spider-Man finally, uh, for the past, like, 10 movies or so I've been watching um, me and my wife have been watching MCU movies with both of my parents. Uh, My dad was watching with them or watching them with us for a little while. And then we got my mom into it too. And so it's been kind of a family tradition. Um, But that meant that we just hadn't had a chance to get us all together to see Spider-Man until this past weekend. Uh, And when I asked my mom about seeing it, she was like, Oh, I don't really want to see that one. I've only seen one Spider-Man movie. And I like called her up, but this was through text. And then I called her, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, there's only been one Spider-Man movie in the Marvel movies. And she's like, no, there were, there were those ones years ago with that boy. And I'm like, those, uh. those don't count mom. There's only one in the Marvel movies. And this is like the follow-up to what happened in Endgame. And she goes, Oh, well, I want to see that then. So we, <laughs> we did a two hour drive up to get to them yesterday and watch Spider-Man oh and then did a two hour drive back. Uh, and it was totally worth it. I, I absolutely loved, uh, Far From Home and, and my, my mom and my dad did too. So, so yeah, That's I'm, awesome. I'm, I really love seeing it and put into context a little bit for me some of the things we're going to talk about later and also raised like a whole bunch more question marks about what we're going to talk about later. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, we've been, I think, <laughs> when we're at Comic-Con, and I'm texting Ray, and we're texting, we're all slacking, and I'm talking to my friend next to us, because we weren't even, like, we, there was no way we were getting into Hall right. H, but, um, 
we were in another panel and I kind of felt bad because it was a relatively small panel and we were totally not paying attention Ooh. to the panel because we were totally like, oh my God, they're announcing all the things. Oh, no. I feel like with something like that though, like worst case scenario, if the per- people on the panel like calls you out, you could just be like, it's Marvel. Like, come on. Well, like, they, they had announced it. They were like, thank you for being here. We do understand. And we were right above, we were right above a hall H so you, we didn't hear the the announcements. We felt. Oh <laughs> wow! <laughs> awesome. So at the beginning of the panel, they're like, "We understand that we are right above Hall H. We understand that you are here <laughs> instead of the Marvel panel or somewhere else where you could be like watching the Marvel panel." So we we thank you for being here. So I we were at least in numbers for them, but yeah, I was not completely invested in that panel. It almost feels like that should be one of those things you hear about with like sports nerds where they talk about, you know, somebody calling out the scores for a game at some event where that's not really appropriate. I think that happened at my parents' wedding, actually. I think there was like a championship basketball game going on and somebody was like <laughs> updating people on the scores. It feels like at that panel, they should be like, okay, and real quick, that cheer was because, oh, they just announced this movie. And then I then go back to what you're talking about so that everyone knows. God, I would so appreciate that as a sports fan <laughs> and, and, and a geek. I would so appreciate that. Uh, that's awesome alright so we are going to uh, hop to a commercial break and then we're going to come back and talk about phase 4 and all the comic con announcements and how excited we are so we will be back hello friends this is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch, chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch, where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. Hey geeks, this is Capsule J. I'm a streamer on the Geek2Geek Media Network. If you like discovering new games and chatting with cool nerdy folks, be sure to check out my channel on Twitch. You can find it at twitch.tv slash capsulej. That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. I stream a blend of indies, retro games, and RPGs most Tuesday nights from 8pm to 11pm Eastern, and occasionally on Thursdays and weekends. Hope to see you then! I'm Void. And I'm Beach, And together, we're the Geek2Geek Podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the Geek2Geek Podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Hello, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And together we are Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture. We talk about books, movies, music, basically anything we want at this point. Yes, we obsess about K-pop. And Keanu Reeves. And sometimes Katie cries on the podcast. Hey, that's rude. But really, we are just here to talk about all the things that we love. So make sure to head over to teatimewithkc.com and geek2geekmedia.com to check us out. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our show wherever you download your podcasts. Bye. And we're back. And today we are talking all about the uh, MCU announcements for Phase 4 that they did at Comic-Con. And uh, 
I guess the best way to start off is just initial thoughts and excitement. What do you, what do you guys, or, or maybe we should do this. Where were you when you found out? About <laughs> when, oh, I was live painting a mural <laughs> in Hollywood. Is <laughs> where I was. And I didn't have time to keep up with all the, the social media, the stuff coming out on social media. So I just decided, you know what, instead of checking my phone every five minutes when I'm trying to paint this thing in front of a bunch of people, um, I'll just, I'll just catch up when I can. And then my coworker texted me, uh, the title image of Thor love and thunder. And I was <laughs> like, Oh my God, it's hap- like, like things are happening right now, you know, somewhere <laughs> in another part of the world, things are happening or another part of Southern California. Things are happening that I'm going to be very, very, very excited about. And it was one of those things where, like, it's like you don't want to even investigate until you have the time and, like, space to just fully dive in. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I don't want to, like, half read something right now while I can. I want to wait until... I'm completely alone and unbothered and I could just fully dive in. So that's kind of what I decided to do in that moment. Uh, see, I think, I feel like that was a missed opportunity to like point at somebody who was watching you and say, Hey kid, jump on Twitter. Announce to, <laughs> to all these good people what's coming out in phase four. <laughs> it was a very different crowd, Joe. <laughs> it's a very different crowd. Should have been phase what? <laughs> so that's what I was doing. You were at Comic Con. I was at Comic Con. I was like, like I said uh, before the break, I was in somebody else's panel, <laughs> and uh, and so I and it was like a serious panel too. So it was like, oh, um, I mean, like like a lot of people are on their devices. I mean, it's a it's an entire event of of geeks. So a lot of us have trouble with separating ourselves from screen time, but. Um, yeah, I like. I was just keeping half a half a an ear on on what was actually going on, and um, so I'm so not people, proud of that. But <laughs> how but many people very, would you say were were in the room? Maybe thirty. Okay, that's pretty yeah. small. <laughs> um, so about thirty people were kind of spread out pretty well. But I was in the back, and you know I wasn't making any noise, so hopefully I wasn't too distracting. Um, but yeah, I was I was like trying to like I couldn't live tweet because I wasn't in there. So I just tried to forward the stuff that I was really excited about to, to our Twitter, Twitter channel and to, um, to Slack. And it's funny because I'm just hitting kind of refresh on, on my Twitter feed and I'm getting all this junk mail where people are like using the same hashtag to like promote their stuff and i'm like dude get off our hashtag (laughs) (laughs) and then there's all these people who are like giving us this misinformation yeah x-men's gonna be in phase four and it's like dude you're not that naive get off get off the net (laughs) how about you troy i'm so now i'm second guessing myself because i swear i was at work but it was on a saturday and that doesn't make any sense so I, I think I might have somehow managed to miss all of it until Monday? Could that possibly yeah. be right? Could have been. Yeah. It was. I, oh my gosh. So what happened was we were doing stuff around the house. Like I said, that's been kind of our main thing lately on the weekends. We're doing stuff around the house and I missed it entirely and like wasn't online all weekend. And then I got in. I remember now I got in on Monday morning and 
opened up Twitter, like between projects, just check Twitter real quick. And I saw, uh, an illustration of, uh, 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 Jane Foster holding the hammer. And I was like, oh, that's really neat. Wouldn't that be cool if they did that? And then I read and it said, my favorite thing to come out of the announcements. And I was like, what? And then I opened up Slack, I think to be like, hey, do you guys know anything about this? And I saw somebody had posted the, the full lineup in there and then Void posted the, the, the text version of the full lineup. So yeah, I, I missed it on over the weekend entirely. I think I've just now realized that I was two days late on finding out about this. <laughs> What's really it's okay. cool. It's okay. What's really cool is looking at for me, like looking at the collection of all the different title artwork. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that, and I feel like that really gets kind of a tradition at this point because they've done that a couple other times with, with other announcements. Uh, Marvel has, yeah, and it just really puts into perspective like all the cool shit that we're going to see like in the next few years. So I have a question for you on that, Ray, because you are are like neck deep into your masters in in art right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, I heard nothing but bitching about these movie logos. Like, really? What? Really? What are your takes? Yeah, the only one that I heard bitching about, and I totally expected it, was the Loki one. And okay, yeah. I mean, what I love about it is the chance. I love the swing that they took because it is really hard to pull that off where each letter is a completely different typeface. That is not easy to pull off. I can understand how that is grading to some people's aesthetic, you know, design aesthetic. They look at them and just like, ew. Um, and, and I get a little bit of that, but I know this is Marvel. Like, Forget, you know, how well, how good they are at comic books and how good they are at movies and shit. They got a lot of money. They hire extremely talented people. They know what they're doing, you know? And so I I don't think this this was not a mistake. Like they're they're going for this look on purpose and it's a very bold choice. And I love the fact that they took a bold choice. Like I just love that Marvel's not doing safe shit. You know, I think to the outside (laughs) world, people that are not into the MCU, they just see this as pure, like, pop, like, uh, a pop culture, like, fluff, like, you know, corporate, you know, non-substantial, like, crap. It's not. (laughs) And, and they're, you know, they're taking chances and they're, they're testing the, the boundaries of what their audiences are, are down to consume. Like, it's, so I'm excited about that, and I love all of, all of the all of the titles except for I would say maybe the WandaVision one, just because to me that just doesn't really. It's not a huge choice. I feel like, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hawkeye WandaVision one, feels like a placeholder title to me. Like that, yes, I, I still yeah. am surprised that that's actually the title of that program. Yes, totally. I got psyched about the Hawkeye one because I'm a fan of the comic, and that is exactly the logo for the comic book. And that means that they're going to, you know, they're doing that on purpose as well. Like they're, they're going to be pulling from those stories, which I love. Like, I'm so excited about that. Yeah. Anytime somebody is like, why do you like Hawkeye so much? I'm like, okay, go read this because like this, if, if you haven't been following Hawkeye since he was introduced this is a good summary of the type of character he is. And I don't think it's the, 
I, I've heard some people talk about how Jeremy Renner hasn't really been given the the screen time or the opportunity to be Hawkeye, and that's why I am so very excited about um, about the uh, the series because I think that people who are like, yeah, Hawkeye. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm calling, I'm calling him out. Beige on his last episode was like, <laughs> well, I watched Iron Fist, so of course I'm going to watch Hawkeye. And I'm like, no, dude, you should be like, I'm going to get to watch Hawkeye because <laughs> it, he is such a better character than I think people realize. Those stories from, from that run, Matt Fraction and, uh, um, I can't remember the illustrator's name right now. Damn it. Um, that, that is perfect for serialized, like, prestige television storytelling. Right. It's perfect for that. This is, if they do this right, this is going to be, like, a must-watch show. Yeah, definitely. I actually just picked that run up again this morning. I'd read, like, two or three issues of it before and really liked it, but hadn't really sunk into it. And then sitting on the couch this morning with my coffee, I I read, I think, seven issues in a row of it. And it's just, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, and the, yeah, it's on my reread um, list. I want, and, and then I want to go back, and I I don't remember the origin of of um, uh, what's her name, Kate, Kate Bishop. Bishop. Yeah, um, so I'm going to try and dig that up and look at that because I'm sure they're going to integrate oh, that nice. some some way as well. I keep forgetting that I'm looking at these titles, and the top row is movies, but the bottom row is television shows. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's different. And then at the very bottom is Blade, which was like an awesome surprise announcement. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, again, a, a lot of people have said this. I'm not a huge Blade fan, but I'm excited about Blade coming into this universe because it just means that we're going to... The, I feel like Phase 4 is the weird phase. Like, it's the, <laughs> it's the everything in the kitchen sink phase. I don't know. I kind of felt that way about Phase 3 at the time, too. Because Doctor Strange was weird. Um, I don't know. And then when people when when they announced Guardians of the Galaxy, people were like, "What the fuck?" Like, they're, they're <laughs> yeah. doing weird shit. So it just seems like every phase they're they're willing to take chances. Even Thor: Love and Thunder, like it, you know, the 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 titles for Ragnarok were a bold choice, which I fucking loved. Um, and I I thought like, okay, they took that chance, it worked, so they're gonna stick with that. This is actually taking it even further. This is like, I'm looking at these titles. It looks like it could be painted on the side of a van in the <laughs> 70s, which is probably yeah. what they're going for, you know, but wow. And then Love and Thunder, like, okay, you know, like that. that's also telling us something about the story. I, I was surprised, like I did not see that coming, but because I loved the last movie so much, I'm obviously like totally in. So do we want to do we want to break this down um, films first then TV series or do we want to try and go in chronological order? Ooh, how do you guys feel about like I can go either way. I kind of want to do films and then TV. Okay, all right. So let's then do we want to start with Black Widow since we know the most about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's <laughs> uh, not, not excited. <laughs> All right, spill it. What's up? I just don't know why at this point. I I like Black Widow as a character, and and I I read the storyline with uh, Yelena, and I like it just fine. But th- it feels like this is them going. I mean, even the the time frame. So from what I understand, Black Widow, the movie is going to start around just after Civil War, and then have flashbacks to like pre Iron Man. Mm-hmm. 
And it feels like this is a script somebody wrote after Civil War, and then Marvel just didn't make it. And now they're going like, ooh, we really should have made that one, huh? And I don't know. It just, I don't understand why this is happening now. And especially like, we're going to go almost a year with no MCU and to come kind of come back and launch into phase four with something that is a flashback starting in phase two and flashing back to pre phase one. It just feels weird to me and I'm sure it'll be good, but it just like, it's something that I think that, you know, five years after it comes out, looking at the Marvel cinematic universe as a whole, I'll probably really like, but right now I'm just, I'm not very excited for something that's Um, going backwards instead of going forwards. Counterpoint. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we got Iron Man and then we got, I think the Hulk, the incredible Hulk. And then we went all the way back with Captain America, the first Avenger. And That's the whole true. Thing, the whole thing started kind of with this weird flashback story that had to fit into other stuff that was already in progress. To me, especially with how they close phases and the fact that we're getting such a long break between phases this time, this smaller, what I'm assuming is going to be a smaller kind of flashback story is perfect because people are, I mean, after coming off of Endgame and then you know, obviously Spider-Man, which was still huge, a huge movie and was kind of riding the crest of, of, of Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like, it's going to, it's going to remind people. It's going to, it's going to call back to the earlier phases that people already love. And then, you know, with this character, bring closure to this character and then kick us off. I mean, the next one is Eternals. Is that right? Right, and then yeah. we go fucking cosmic weird Kirby shit. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's a good opportunity to ground things before they get okay. really fucking wacky. <laughs> well, and I feel like I'm kind of in between the two of you because I definitely feel the same way as Troy does about like I think this is the one I'm least excited about. Um, but I'm hopeful that they're gonna there's going to be a reason for it as opposed to just like hey here's a movie tossed to us. Um, and I've, I've heard talk about how they're like, we're going to give you a lot of information that you wouldn't otherwise have in this movie. Um, so that's what I'm kind of holding on to is that kind of promise of between that and Scarlett Johansson saying, yeah, I was a little wary of doing this um, film considering how my character ends up. <laughs> but Spoiler. she said, she, cause she's like, <laughs> She's like, why, why do we need, she kind of the same thing. Why do we need this movie? But she, she, I mean, she could be just saying this and she's like, Hey, I'm getting paid. I'm going to do it. But she said that she was, she liked what they did with it and she, she understood where they were going with it. So she didn't feel so bad about doing it that way. I will say that the one thing I'm really holding on to with it, uh, I I know I'm going to like the movie and the, the thing that makes me really excited about it is, I love the spy stuff. Like in every movie Mm -hmm. that Black Widow's in, anytime she gets to have like a sweet, like Jason Bourne style action scene. I absolutely love it. And I think those are some of my favorite fight scenes in all of the Marvel movies are like, like her and Hawkeye in, in the Avengers is like one of my favorite fight scenes in the MCU. So I know it's going to be full of the kind of action that I really like. It's just, I'm not sure how the story fits in at this point. I'm sure they got a plan. Obviously they know what they're doing, but it, it feels to me like it's just kind of recycling an old idea instead of coming up with something that really, is phase four. 
Well, right. Uh, go ahead, and we also get the Taskmaster, which I'm really excited about because yes. I love the Taskmaster in the comics. Yeah, like me when too. he's written well, he is amazing. Yes, yeah. yes. And I'm I'm on board with you, Troy, in the respect that in the res- in, in terms of um the spy stuff, to me, and this is okay, so this is how freaking brilliant Marvel is, and I think it's something that DC dropped the ball on with Batman. I'm, I, mm-hmm. I think we're starting to see Marvel now, and, and they've done it a little bit in the past, but now this is like very obvious. Because like with, with, uh, Winter Soldier, they were like, oh, this is a Marvel, an MCU version of a 70s spy thriller, and blah, blah. Kind of wasn't, but, you know, I guess <laughs> having Robert Redford, you know, <laughs> work for the government is like, that's as close as they got. Um, but this now, Black Widow, I, I totally, I'm anticipating that this is going to be their Jason Bourne movie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then, you know, Doctor Strange is going to be their horror movie, you know, and, and so on and so forth, um, which is so smart because I remember reading a, a while back uh, uh, people pitching Batman movies going, you know, not every Batman movie has to be the same way. You could do, you know, like a, a, a weird sci-fi alien-esque Batman story with Killer Croc as the villain. You could do a psychological thriller with Scarecrow as the villain. You could do an action one with like, um, you know, uh, I don't know, one of the assassins. What's his name? Um, Razagul. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, you could you could use this character to do different genres, and Marvel's figured that out. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, it's they're not just Marvel movies now. We're gonna give you this type of Marvel movie, that type of Marvel movie, which is so fucking brilliant. Yeah. So that moves us on to the Eternals, which again, I don't know what they're going to do with this movie, but I'm I'm hesitantly optimistic cuz the cast is kind of crazy and they kind of like Guardians, they can do whatever the hell they want with it because people don't know that much about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is their Guardians of this phase for sure. Yeah. Have which either of you cool. read well, the uh, the Neil Gaiman run on Eternals? I have. Okay. I, I read through it uh, about two months ago, I think, in anticipation for this. And what I really liked about it, and I hope the movie, I, I think the movie has to emulate, is that it started super small. It started as like the tiniest little story about a guy. And then like two issues in, suddenly you're talking about like gods and the fate of humanity. And I think that it needs that small story as an entry point. Because... Mm-hmm. The, the actual topics it gets into are just like so massive that having having something small and focused really works well but i don't know how that works in a two-hour movie this feels like it would be like this as a series makes more sense to me uh than, than a right. movie yeah i've been reading a lot about the eternals in the last week just kind of researching the history and stuff and what jack kirby was was doing and it seems like a, a lot of people agree that he was he was trying to weave some sort of cohesive history for Marvel to explain like all of these powers and all these superheroes and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I, I'm not sure where I read this, but um, there was, and it, this might actually be in the game. And ser- I haven't read the game in series, but did it involve at all like Galactus and, and heroes like defending the earth? 
Was that touchdown? It wasn't Galactus, but it was it was uh the is it the sleeping it um celestial? Yeah. Okay. Like there's someone trying to wake a sleeping celestial is kind of the crux of that series. Got it. So yeah, I think I mean this seems like it's Marvel trying to fill in like their history, right? Of this universe and like explain like kind of give like a like a blanket explanation for you know, this world, this universe they're building with all these heroes and all these powers and stuff. Like, why does, you know, a, a, why does a kid get spider powers from being bitten by a radioactive spider? Like, what? <laughs> you know? Um, and and I've also, have you guys heard anything about this being like a, a stepping stone to the X-Men or to mutants? No, but like, my mind was blown and I don't remember who put it in Slack, but somebody talked about how they think that the, the the rumor out there, the theory out there that that's going to introduce mutants is that um, because the snap that brought everybody back was the Hulk, right. that there was gamma radiation nonsense happening, and that's why we get the X gene, yeah. which I think is brilliant. I think that's such a great, weird way of explaining where the mutants come from. I love that. Too. That's a cool idea, actually. That's really cool. Yeah, Eternals is wide open. I'm I think probably the, the most curious oh, about that one. The the big question I have yeah. about the Eternals is connecting it to the idea of like, all right, Black Widow is going to be a Jason Bourne style movie. I can't figure out like what tone I I think. I mean, it's going to be an action movie in one sense, right? Like every Marvel movie is also an action movie, and it's also a little bit of comedy. But then they kind of pull from something else, and it's like. I mean, the idea of it establishing the the history of the universe, I just can't figure out what tone of movie it's going to pull from from that. But I mean, I'm sure it'll be good. I, I I think that Marvel's movies are all good at the very least. So I'm sure it'll work out. I just can't quite figure out what it's going to be. So the director of The Eternals is Chloe Zhao. She has a film that she directed in 2017 called The Writer. I think it's her only film to this point. And it is a 2017 uh, Western drama film that she wrote, produced, and directed. Uh, it takes place in the Badlands of South Dakota. After a riding accident leaves him unable to compete on the rodeo circuit, a young cowboy searches for a new purpose. So it sounds like that small, intimate story that you yeah. were talking about. It sounds like why they probably picked this director. Can you imagine trying to guess the feel of guardians of the galaxy before we saw it <laughs> uh, yeah that's true <laughs> that's 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 a fair point well the cast of eternals is fantastic too like i don't have the cast list in front of me but everybody that's in it is great and and uh varied i guess is what i would say like i mean you've got like angelina jolie and then um oh gosh i can't think of his name uh camille nanjali is that it like who's Mm-hmm. A comedic actor, and I'm apparently the character he's playing is known as the Swordsmaster. I'm like, what is this? How I just I, I've not seen how all those pieces fit together, but I'm excited to see how they fit together. So, uh, what is the name of of the the what are the entities that created the Celestials? Right, they created mm-hmm. the Eternals. So the Celestials came to Earth and and with Cree DNA or whatnot, and and messed with humans and created the Eternals, right? I don't remember if Cree DNA is mentioned in the, the, the Game and Run, which is all I've read, but they also created this other race, which is kind of the, the big crux of it, is that they made 
the Eternals, which are these immortal, I think there's 100 Eternals. And then they made just like millions and millions and millions of this like gross mutant, yeah, slave race, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a weird story. (laughs) It is a weird story. Yeah, they're, they're, are they fully immortal or not? Oh, yeah. Like, that's why they're called Eternals, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is gonna be so fucking cool. I'm, I'm thinking like Starman. Star Lord is, yeah. Um, Star Lord is half celestial, yes. right? Yes. Okay. In just, the MCU, just making sure I'm on. Right yes, here. which is yeah. why he was able to <laughs> hold the the power stone. Yes. Oh god. Um, the other thing before we move on to the next movie that we should point out is at least three of the um, Eternals have been gender swapped, which I think. Oh is yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very. Important. Yes. Uh, Ajax, Sprite, and Makari. Makari is the one that surprises me because, like, that's one of the that's the the main that's the ones. viewpoint character in the the comics run, right? He's the one at the start of right. it, yeah. And so does yeah. And I guess the gender doesn't really have anything to do with the story. Like, if you switched it out in um in that comic, it wouldn't make a big difference. Mm-hmm. I'm just surprised because I I he's one of the ones I actually have a a, a strong image of and know who he is. Um, so, so that's, that I find very interesting, but, um, but yeah, those three characters. So the gender isn't important when people don't give a shit about the characters. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Okay. No, but I mean, it's like anytime you do, like, I think one of the reasons why they can get away with this without like all the internet trolls starting their little riots is because these characters aren't very well known. Um, and there's not to say that there is anything that makes the gender important. This character, I just, it's very, I find it very interesting when they can take a character that is a little bit more well-known than the others and, and make that change. So, yeah, for sure. Whatever serves the story, man. Yep. True. Um, next one up is Shang-Chi and the legend of the 10 rings. I think on this one, (laughs) the title block is interesting to me because Shang-Chi is massive and the Legend of the Ten Rings is really itty bitty down below. And everything I've seen on this is people being excited way more about the Ten Rings part of it than about the Shang-Chi part of it. Oh, I haven't heard people talking about the Ten Rings part. Oh, man. The Ten Rings have been around since the beginning, though. Like, Right, but I haven't heard people like geeking out about it. I mean, I got it from the Iron Man. I got the Iron Man Mm -hmm. reference. Well, I, I, I believe they've officially announced that the villain in this is the Mandarin. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Like, gonna... Because I believe in the comic books, we, and spoilers possibly, um, that uh, Shang-Chi is the Mandarin's son. Oh, snap. I didn't know that. Oh, shit. I didn't know that that's, either. That's, that's one of the theories is that that's how they're going to introduce him and why he's a Shang-Chi villain uh, and not an Iron I'm, Man villain. I'm kind of bummed about this reintroduction of the real Mandarin character. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like it. It just, it's <laughs> like one, the character's problematic, hella problematic. True. And so just because it happened in the comics doesn't mean that every character has to be given like the full serious treatment. Like, you know, be, because of when and how these and by who these these original comic book stories were made, not everything, I think, should be taken seriously. And I think the Mandarin was a great example of, you know, this this kind of racist, you know, kind of hokey character 
that, mm-hmm. you know, like I l- also, I should say, I, sh- I should, I should, uh, uh, give this kind of caveat here. I love Iron Man three. I love what mm-hmm. Shane Black did with that. And I love, I was hella skeptical about the Mandarin going in. And when, when the, the twist happened, I, I stood up and cheered in the theater. <laughs> I was like, this is a great way to take this character and, and turn it on its head and make it make sense within this, the MCU. And so, you know, uh, I, I feel like they're just doing this to, this is like fan service in the wrong, in, in, in a bad way by Marvel because everyone complained. Oh, I don't think that's why they're doing it. I think they're doing it because they have a story to tell. And I think that the Mandarin, especially, like, it's a character that the comics still want to use. And this is not even the movies, but because the comics still wants to use it, and it's a problematic character, they've found ways to kind of try and evolve it into something that's not as problematic. Mm -hmm. I mean, most of the pictures that I see of the Mandarin nowadays is him in a business suit Mm -hmm. and very, um, you know, very kind of kingpin-ish. Okay. And I think that's kind of an interesting take on the whole thing. And so um, I don't think that they would tell a story with him in it if they didn't have a good story to tell. Okay. I'm most, I'm honestly most excited about Aquafina being in it. I think she's just delightful. Yeah. And you know, I had never heard of the main, uh, the, the, the actor playing um, Shang-Chi. What's his name again? Simu Liu. He looks great. He looks great, and he is like super. Well, like he's coming off as very super nice. Like he is like interacting with fans, and he is. It's like it's like kind of that Tom Holland vibe, where he's just as excited to be part of this as we are excited to watch him be in it. Yeah, like he's kind of fanboying out because he's he's so excited that he's got this role. Yes, yeah. His his social media feed has been awesome since this announcement. And yes. yeah, like he instantly, like I had never heard of him before. The announcement was made. I looked up the actor and it, I was like, yes, I want to watch this guy in a movie. Like, yeah. like I want to watch it. This guy play a character, uh, a, a main character in, in like an actiony, like Marvel movie. I was like hooked right away just in the visuals. So yeah. Well, this is my, my. Oh, go ahead, Troy. I, I was just going to ask if either of you have read much of Shang-Chi at all. I think he's, his his powers that he's just like a weapons master, right? Like competent with any weapon? He's basically Bruce Lee. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that this is not, my hope for this movie is that he doesn't come off, I, I guess from what I know of martial arts movies, I'm, I'm hoping for Jackie Chan over Bruce Lee. I want him to be not like, just like completely invulnerable in his fighting style. I love Jackie Chan movies for the fact that like he's totally competent, but also is like making stuff up along the way. And, and that's, yeah, I, I I worry about a a situation where he feels just like nothing can harm him. I'm sure that's not where it's going to end up, but that's, that's kind of what I worry about. No, that's a great point because that, that impacts the story so much, right? Like you Mm want to feel the characters just barely, you know, surviving by, you know, and, and not like uh, omnipotent and invulnerable because then what are the stakes? Right. Um, well, I've read, I read the only Shang-Chi that I read in comics was when he would uh, guest star in the X-Men. And no, that one I haven't 
Oh yeah, he was. Uh, let's see, he was in X Men sixty two. Uh, I just remember that it was drawn by Carlos Pacheco because he was my favorite comic book artist at the time. Uh, he had been recruited from Spain by Marvel to draw. Um, uh, first started with X Men and then he drew Fantastic Four. But um, yeah, Shang Chi was like in two or three uh, issues around then where he like teamed up with Wolverine and they were just like, a couple of badasses like taking on a bunch of ninjas and stuff. It was awesome. But um, or actually, I think they did. They fought against the hand. Mm-hmm. And uh, nice. but anyway, yeah. So that that was my introduction and really only experience reading the character. And he seemed really cool. It, it I definitely, Joe, you're right. Like you know, the, you could tell that the the initial influence was Bruce Lee, but it, he does have his own like distinct character. Like he, he you know, oh yeah, he, he's evolved in the comics. Well, and I and I love. The only, my biggest exposure to him was when he joined the Avengers at the same time Sunspot and Cannonball joined, and um, and I kind of love that run because I feel like you know there were so many Avengers at that point they were just like it it was very um, old school Mission Impossible it's like all right we got to go on this mission in this issue and these are the Avengers we're taking along and. Um, there's this great issue where they're um, – it's basically how Sunspot gets a hold of AIM. He just buys them. Um, <laughs> but they're, they're – um, it, it's just awesome. Like he, like they end up spending – him and Cannonball spend the entire night drinking with a bunch of AIM agents um, with the full like cylinder hat on the entire time. So how they're drinking, I'm not sure. <laughs> but um, – and and so they're they're at this you know upscale underground casino, and so while they're like talking up the Amos guys and you know, Sunspots, all you guys should be working with me. Um, Shang Chi is with um, I, I want to say he's with Carol Danvers and um, Black Widow, and they're doing kind of the spy stuff behind the scenes, and. Um, and Carol's like, we we could just go in and kill them all. And Black Widow's like, I see no problem with that. And Shang Chi's like, guys, <laughs> maybe there's a better way to do this. That's great. <laughs> um, yeah, I, just, I highly recommend. I that. just saw that Simu Liu, who's who's playing Shang Chi, was mm-hmm. he he screen tested the Sunday before Comic Con. He was cast yeah. on Tuesday, and then the announcement was made at Comic Con on Saturday. I, yeah, so he didn't even have time to process it. I think that's. Awesome. I saw. I heard one person where that that was something he said on stage, but apparently the context was a little vague. That it was either he was cast this Sunday or screen tested this Sunday and cast Tuesday, or it was you know months ago. I did a screen test on Sunday and then was cast on Tuesday. So apparently there was a little vagueness there. I'm hoping honestly that it was months ago that that happened because that just seems like too much like emotional whiplash for any human being to go from like, I'm not in the Marvel universe to I'm on stage at Comic-Con in a week. That's, that seems overwhelming. Yeah. Well, I can tell you that's, that's what he was reacting to. So yes, that's exactly what happened. He was like, yeah, he was like, I, I, I had, this has been a week. (laughs) It's like, this has been less than a week. I've gone from no, no, you know, just a a kind of unknown actor to being on the stage at Comic-Con saying, Hey, I'm going to be in the Marvel universe. And he's like, it's kind of, that makes like my poor little introvert with heart explode. That just sounds so (laughs) terrifying. Oh, last thing I want to point out before we move on, uh, Destin Daniel Cretton is, uh, directing the film and he directed, uh, 
uh, Short Term 12, which starred Brie Larson. Have you guys seen Short Term 12? Mm-mm. That no. is a great, great movie. Watch it. It is so good. Uh, and yeah, Brie Larson is, is the main protagonist in that movie. So I'm really excited about the directors they're choosing. <laughs> um, Shang-Chi is my second most excited for movie on this lineup. My my most excited movie is the next one, which is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, for one reason and one reason only. <laughs> not that it's going to be, not that it's going to be um, a horror film, which I think is awesome. Like it's going to be their first scary Marvel Cinematic Universe film. But I never, I never call things. I never, ever, <laughs> ever, ever going call there. things. And I am so like it's not even something that I like. Oh, cool! I call this. It's something I'm excited about and called, and that is that the Scarlet Witch is going to be in the Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, yes. And I am so excited. You so called that. Like yeah. <laughs> you were very emphatic about that when we did our possibilities, you know, or our, our, our kind of predictions for the next phase, and you were spot on with that one. It just it just made sense because if we don't like if you look at any comic book art with um with Wanda on it, especially in recent years, she very much has the same kind of look mm-hmm. as Doctor Strange yeah. does in in the use of her powers. And I'm like, if we don't see her spinning little red um <laughs> sigils on her hands by the end of the M- her run in the MCU, then they are doing something seriously. Yeah. I yeah, think looks, I mean, oh, go ahead. I was just to say what thrills me about this is that from my understanding, this is picking up from the WandaVision show. And so yes. I'm yes. really hoping that that show ends with, I, I feel bad wishing this on her because I really like the character. I want her to be destroyed in that show and that the multiverse madness yeah. is a direct result of Scarlet, like of Wanda becoming Scarlet, Witch. yeah, man, that would be awesome. Um, like I, I, I mean, want, I want the- you to not enjoy that movie if you didn't watch the show beforehand. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> well, and during during Endgame, we were talking. Uh, Ray and I were talking about how they have succeeded in basically turning a movie franchise into comic books, where you have to kind of see every movie like they were issues in a, a sequential comic book, and now they're adding must see TV into that <laughs> and say, you, you have to watch these because this is going to directly influence that. And it gives them so many more storytelling options. I really wonder if they're going to, because right now WandaVision is the only one of the TV shows. I, I know we're, we're still on movies, but WandaVision is the only one of the TV shows that feels that must watch to me. But I wonder if all of the shows are going to somehow tie together. I, or, or tie into movies directly. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see where that ends up. I mean, there's a lot of potential for that here. And it's one of the things that felt like a no brainer when they were doing agents of shield and everything. Mm-hmm. And even the Netflix shows and Marvel didn't want to do it. I feel like, you know, why would they, this seems like the way they want to do that. Right. Right. So that they have ultimate control over everything. Um, it definitely makes me hearing about this movie, Doctor Strange, um, makes me want to then watch the Wanda <laughs> Vision show because that was probably the one I was least interested in when it was announced. Um, mm-hmm. I, I still don't know. I'm still trying to 
get used to the title multiverse of madness just feels like a mouthful and it's specifically in the multiverse of madness not and the multiverse of madness which is where i start to think that that's some there's going to be a catalyst before this movie even starts and dr strange is right in it from the very beginning yeah so if you had any if anyone had any doubts as to whether or not the multiverse was a thing after far from home. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess it is. And it's going to, I mean, Scott Derrickson is known for directing horror. So that's going to be interesting too, to see how, how scary they're willing to go and, and make this an actual horror film. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, that's my Joe. one hesitation. I'm sitting over here going, I hope it's not too scary. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> well, they said it's going to be PG-13, so you should be okay. I mean, this is the guy who directed Sinister and The Exorcism of Emily Rose. So you know what we should do? We should all get together and watch those. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell my wife, and she'll join you on those, and I'll stay home. <laughs> um, that brings us to Thor Love and Thunder, which we've talked about a little bit. But um, it sounds like, again, spoilers, if you're like totally avoiding everything, then you don't want to listen to this. But <laughs> my understanding is we get Lady Thor, which will be um, uh, Natalie Portman, yeah. which is nuts. And um, they said something about Valkyrie is now the king of Asgard, and he's she's looking for her queen. Right. I couldn't tell if that was ad-libbed or... or- true to the, what the story is going to be. It, it I, felt I like it was got, like, that's the direction we're going. Yeah. I, I think they've got pretty strict guidelines on what the, the people are allowed to say at things like this. And that feels like a, a, a written line. So I think she had that ready to go as that's what's happening. Or that's she's just trying to make Marvel put that in there. That's the other possibility is that she's like, no, dang it. I want yes. this character's sexuality to be represented on screen. So I'm going to say it. And now if you don't do it, you look like the jerks. Right, right. Because it was, <laughs> it was cut out of um, Ragnarok, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and then for I, I haven't read. I love Jason Aaron's uh, writing. And I loved his first um, Thor arc which I, I think I talked about on, on the podcast when I was reading it. And I'm catching up still with, with the rest of his run on Thor. And, and I'm also looking forward to catching up on what he's writing on Avengers now. Um, but from what I remember, and this could be spoilers maybe for anyone who hasn't read the, the run where, where Jane Foster becomes Thor, but that's, that's the death of that character, right? I believe yeah. that's the story is that she's, Thor, I think she she ends up sacrificing herself, right? Like she's she's uh, Jane Foster is dying of cancer, I think, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and and she's she's trying to accomplish some kind of mission or something as Thor before she passes. Um, is I think the story. So this not only are they if, if they decide to you know go that route, and not only are they bringing this like cool character uh, and this cool evolution for Jane's character in the films, but it could be a way to let Natalie Portman kind of off the hook, which it seemed like they were doing, they were kind of already in the process of that, right? Didn't it feel like that? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, she stormed out, <laughs> and I don't blame her because they had promised her this movie, and they gave her that movie, and then when that movie is Thor 2, right. <laughs> um, it, you know, I, I get it, but um, 
but people are like, I thought she was done with Marvel. I'm like, no, she was done with that director yeah. and the way they handled that script. Right. She was promised one thing, given another. So uh, now that she's going to be working with um, Taika, the yeah, now that she's going to be working with this amazing director who's already proven that he's going to do amazing things with it. She's like, of course, I'm on board. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm excited because. Again, Marvel is showing that they're willing to take aspects from popular stories, but they're not going to do, you know, they're not just going to full on do Planet Hulk, right? They're not just going to do right, full on right. Demon in a Bottle. They're going to take aspects and themes from those things and weave them into what they want to do. And it seems like it's exactly what's happening with, with Jane Foster as Thor in Love and Thunder. Yeah. Anything else before we move on to the TV series? That was just pure joy for me. I'm just like on board yeah. for whatever comes out of Taiko and TV involving Thor. Like, bring it on. The only <laughs> have have you seen the the meme that I I threw up on on Facebook? It's um I think it was great. It says to anybody who to any any of the trolls out there who are upset about a woman picking up Thor's hammer, and it's a panel for. Uh, from one of the the comics where the Jane Foster Thor has uh, the hammer and is like tapping Thor on the chest, <laughs> and it says "Cool thy tits." <laughs> yeah, I did see that actually. That's great. I think I think, I think awesome. this is the one I'm most excited for on the movie lineup uh, is, is Thor: Love and Thunder. However, I'm I'm doing Nicole's shot here. That movie's not coming out November fifth, twenty twenty one, because I don't understand how you have that come out before. Uh, before you have Guardians of the Galaxy three, with where Thor left off at the end of Endgame, it just—I I think Guardians is going to get shuffled into the deck earlier than the next Thor movie. Yeah, that's something that I wanted to point out before we moved on the television shows. Actually, Kevin Feige did say at the at, towards the end of the presentation, he kind of got up on stage and said to the crowd. Black Panther 2 is coming. Guardians 3 is coming. Captain Marvel 2 is coming. The Fantastic Four is coming. So, what? (laughs) Like, where? Like, and part of me wonders, I don't know if either of you have read anything about this, but are, are they, did they not, like, give every announcement at Comic Con? Are they keeping some kind of surprise for, for the Disney convention that's coming up? I think they are. I think we're getting a lot more information on this stuff then, but I think, you know, this is not all of phase four. Those mm-hmm. other films are the rest of phase four, but they're just not quite ready to throw them out there. So, I think the, the other one that's missing is Spider-Man isn't on this lineup at all. But what I've heard on that is, I guess, part of the agreement between Sony and Marvel is that Sony gets to announce Spider-Man movies instead of Marvel doing it. So I'm thinking sometime soon we're going to hear, oh, and also Spider-Man, don't forget him, somewhere in this lineup as well. Well, August 23rd, which is, what, less than a month away now? D23 Uh Expo 2019 will be showcasing future projects from Marvel Studios, Lucasfilm, Disney Plus, and others, and more. So Marvel does have a presentation, an announcement, Mm -hmm. on August 23rd at D23. That's nice. Yeah. Well, we have talked about the TV series, the Disney Plus stuff, a little bit, um, but we should probably... I mean, we're running a little (laughs) long, so we should probably uh, just touch on these really quickly um 
we've got the Falcon and Winter Soldier, Bear. which I think is going to be fun Bear. because those two have great Bear chemistry. Zemo's coming back. Yeah. Is Zemo, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have WandaVision, which is the one I'm most excited for because I have no idea what they're going to do with it. <laughs> and Monica Rambo is going to be um, in that. Yeah. And Monica Rambo, which I'm so excited about. Um, and then Loki, the thing that I don't know that everybody's caught on to is it sounds like, yes, Tom Holland's going to be Hiddleston. involved. <laughs> Not Tom Holland. Uh, Tom Hiddleston is going to be involved, but he's just voicing. Oh, really? It's going to, it sounds like it's going to be young. I hadn't heard that. Yes. So, so follow me on this. If the Falcon and Winter Soldier introduces Patriot, if WandaVision introduces um, Wiccan and or Speed, (laughs) and Loki introduces young Loki, and we already know Hawkeye is introducing Kate Bishop, these series might lead just lead us into that's cool. Dang! I was actually going to say on the the Loki title treatment. Um, I, it, Ray, I know you talked about this earlier, but I I hate it. I think it looks really ugly. <laughs> but here's my thought on it. Here's my thought. I think it is purposeful because my thought is that the Loki show is going to be a Loki team up show, and that each of those fonts is representative of one of the different incarnations of Loki. Dude, yes, I love that. I was thinking Loki throughout different times, but I like your idea better. I mean, he's Loki. Awesome. He does. He does. They do whatever they want, and sometimes they're yeah. old, sometimes they're a child, yeah. sometimes they're female. I think they were a tree once. I'm actually not joking about that. I'm pretty sure that happened. <laughs> I might be wrong though, but like, I think that would be a cool idea if, if you know, Loki, given the time stone, is like, all right, let's have some fun with this, and just puts together a team of Lokis. So I'm not really familiar with Young Avengers. Who's who's the villain in Young Avengers? Um, I don't know. I think it's a little bit of everybody because I think they're they're fighting against a lot of the leftover Avengers stuff. Like they kind of form in response to. Um, no, that's not true. They form in response to Iron Lad coming into the picture, and Iron Lad is an incarnation of um, Kang, the Uh, Conqueror. Because I see with Baron Zemo coming back in Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I'm super excited about, I wonder if that's opening the door for the Thunderbolts. I hope so. (laughs) I think that would be a lot of fun. That's the thing that's missing for me. With all these, it's the thing that's missing is I I just I don't see the connecting threads between them. And I know there will be connecting threads because Marvel's really good at that. But I would love it if it was if it was something like the Thunderbolts. I think that would be just a super awesome villain to kind of build up across all these different uh, different movies and shows. Yeah, yeah. And. Or if they if they did them um, if if they use this to create, I almost wish I almost hope that they use this to create a Masters of Evil mm-hmm. kind of group that then after the fact becomes the Thunderbolts. Like right. that to me, that would be a fun way of doing it because the Thunderbolts are all the ex bad guys, but you have to kind of have that's the true. bad guys yeah, first. Yeah. And right now, yeah, we're yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Now I'm excited about most of these shows, and obviously I'm going to be watching all of them. Um, Loki's never been a favorite of mine, but you know, I'm, I'm going to be tuning in definitely Hawkeye and, um, Falcon and Winter Soldier are the ones I'm most excited about. What if I heard is going to be animated? Is that, is that correct? Okay. Yes. 
and voiced by the original actor. Oh, not really? Ooh, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's better than the video game. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, really, it really is. I, I oh, hear that you- they, they hinted that the first story in that is going to be, what if Peggy Carter got the Super Soldier Serum? And I am so down for that. Yeah. That just sounds so oh, cool. It's going to be great. And they got Jeffrey Wright to voice the Watcher, which I assume is going to be like the host, kind of like uh, Twilight Zone version, you know, storytelling. Yeah, well, he was always the introduction to all the What If comics yeah. anyway. So that was... Yeah. Um, yeah, this is... I mean, with them wrapping up Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's like, okay, this is where they're going to be connecting all the threads. I think you're you're right about that, Troy. It'll be interesting to see where it all goes. Like we, live in, <laughs> we live in amazing times, ladies and gentlemen, because like my little my little fan heart can only take. <laughs> I so know much. this seems like so much that we're getting. Jeez. So, I have a question regarding the TV shows. For your guys, not not yes. what you think is going to happen, but for preference, are you hoping that these shows drop Netflix style, where the whole show drops at once, or are you hoping for weekly? Oh, my, I change depending on how much I want to see it. If I like the two shows I'm most excited about, I want to be able to binge the rest. I don't care if they come out weekly. I kind of want them to, to, I want to be, I want them to be bingeable. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly because that's, that's how we watch television. Mm -hmm. Like we, we watch maybe two or three hour long shows each night. It's kind of our together time. And so we try and um, not unless we fall on something like Stranger Things. We were like, I know, I know, Matt's into something when he volunteers to watch something that I'm enjoying. <laughs> um, and Stranger Things was one of those where he's like, "Well, we can watch two more Stranger Things." I'm like, "Okay." Um, so we'll watch like two at a time. But if we don't have that opportunity to watch two at a time, it's hard for us to keep up with. It. Yeah, and so that's that's kind of my selfish want for for the release schedule becky and i are kind of the same we, we tend to watch things in chunks and like we actually ended up falling off of agents of shield this season i was loving it it's, it's so good but because we got behind or got ahead of what was available we then were going to wait a couple weeks and then by the time i remembered the the episode we needed to watch is no longer available so i i know it will be better suited for me to be bingeable but the reason I'd lean towards wanting them weekly is for what Ray was talking about with Stranger Things, that like when something comes out in bulk like that, if you don't watch it that first weekend, it feels like the conversation's done with. And and I think that True. weekly releases facilitate that conversation and the speculation and everything. Um, so I don't know. I, I kind of want them to be weekly, even though I know that that's actually not well-suited to my viewing habits. Um, before we wind down completely, I do want to just give a few words about Blade mm. because I am so excited for this movie. I love the Wesley Snipes Blade movies, um, yes. except for part three, um, which was really terrible, <laughs> even though it had like a bunch of cool actors in it. Ryan Reynolds is in it and, and Patton Oswalt's in it. Um, I just, you know, it was such a, it was such a different thing than the first two. Blade two is Amazing, directed by Guillermo del Toro. I mean, an awesome. I just rewatched it recently. It's an awesome movie that holds up. Um, it, the casting for this movie, I'm excited about because um, Mahershala Ali is amazing, um, and it also 
to me really underlines this this kind of change in Marvel in terms of casting, which they've always been spot on with their casting, right? It's kind of like the the main casting director at Marvel. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she's like their secret, like hidden weapon because like, like she, their casting is so spot on. And up until this phase, it feels like most of their casting with a few, a few exceptions is like not Oscar winning star power. They're, they're casting unknown relative unknowns and that sort of thing. Mahershala Ali is, is, is a, you know, obviously an Oscar winner. And then with the cast of the Eternals, it's like, wow, they're really, they're really, you know, getting some big names now for these movies. And it, I just feel like, I wonder if it's going to change how people see these movies, how they're marketed, the audience that it could reach. Like, could you imagine like Marvel becoming even like more <laughs> like, like, uh, 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 widely like accepted and watched, you know, like just just based on these Oscar winners that they're hiring now. Yeah, it just seems like a change to me, like it, like an interesting decision to now start to kind of bring in people like you know Salma Hayek and Angelina Jolie and you know Mahershala Ali. Like it just seems like a like a change from what's come before, from what we're used to from them. I completely forgot Salma Hayek was one of the people they announced for that. That movie's going to have yeah. such a good cast. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah right? It is crazy. <laughs> it's just that it doesn't thing seem I, right, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. The thing I find interesting about the Blade casting is um, the fact that he is um, also Cottonmouth in the Netflix Luke Cage. That's true. Yeah. And there's been speculation that they are going to basically drop – the Netflix series out of um, out of continuity, like oh, they're basically yeah. saying that did not happen, which is a is a bummer because I think at least casting wise those characters were so amazing. Yes, I, they did have problems with the the shows themselves. You know they're not perfect by any means, but I feel like the like I feel like they were so good at picking those characters. Um, but it also might mean that we might start getting that kind of stuff in films or in Marvel Plus or Disney Plus series and get something completely different. So I'm, I'm excited both directions. Yeah, I love Daredevil, but would not mind an MCU version as well. Yeah. If, if you can carry over one thing from the Netflix shows, is it Kingpin oh. for everybody? That yeah, that's pretty <laughs> yes. like I would say I would say their Matt Murdock is a, a pretty yes. close second, but yes. like Kingpin is just so spot on. Yup, and you know what? They brought J. Jonah Jameson, so <laughs> Yeah, they can bring him over. Make it happen. All right. Well I think <laughs> we we went over, but it's okay because this is something that is very near and dear to our hearts, and I'm sure this is not going to be the last time that we um are geeking out about phase four. But I feel like this is this is a good conclusion to the first two um parts of this that we did. All like all our speculation. Now we can kind of look back <laughs> and see where we landed and and yeah. we'll, probably, we'll probably do another one if there's a lot of announcements after the, the Disney Convention. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be great to kind of follow up. So, um, so yeah, any shout outs for for anybody out there? I have some shout outs to you, Troy. 
Uh, I can come up with some shout outs to be sure. <laughs> uh, so I want to shout out um, to everyone at Espacio 1839 in Boyle Heights uh, at the awesome event that I went to yesterday, the book reading. Shout out to Kali as well and to Yosimar for uh, putting that event together. I feel like I am well on my way to becoming a real book nerd now, which is uh, just another thing to add to my business. So, um, yeah, thanks to everyone that put that together. Uh, it was it was great. I had a lot of fun. I want to do a quick shout out to uh, Steph, who is one of our wonderful listeners and very active on um, our Slack channel. And uh, mostly because she is the first uh, non-podcaster listener that I have met person, which I've met a lot of the mutual um, admiration society people where we're like, I love your show. I love your show too. <laughs> um, but this is the first time I've met somebody who's just, no, just, just enjoys the podcast. And she hung, hung out with us all weekend at Comic-Con. And I can, I can officially confirm this. She is as cool in person as she is on Slack. So uh, thank you, Steph, for, for hanging out with us all weekend. Troy? Um, so I want to, I, the podcasters assembles a project that's been over for a while, but it's been on my mind thinking about the Marvel stuff. So I want to shout out everybody who helped to make that project exist. There were a ton of people who contributed to it. I could not give you a list because it's massive, but thank you to everybody who helped make that happen. And specifically to, uh, to Tyler Thornton, my friend who kind of pushed me through that and helped me get it done. And to my wife for being very patient with me. Uh, both in that project, but also just in all the other geeky stuff I do. Um, coming up next week, we have a couple of options of what it might be. Um, it's just a matter of booking and schedule, so I don't want to make any promises that I can't keep. But I'm going to throw in there something that I saw at um, Comic-Con that I am trying desperately to get them on our um, our show, and that is the two women who do the Star Trek Therapize podcast, which when I heard about this, I thought it was amazing. And then I listened to it and it's even more amazing than you think it is. <laughs> two psychotherapists, like family therapists who are big geeks and use fandoms to explain complex psychology concepts. And the way they say is like when you can talk to somebody on a level that they know about and use those as analogies for what they're going through, um, it helps them communicate what, what they are going through. And so like they do a whole episode on parentizing with Jessica Jones and they do a whole thing with Lego Batman and, um, they start off with, with, you know, Kirk and Spock being the two types of brain and that you can't have just Kirk brain or Spock brain. You have to have a good mix of both the logical <laughs> and the emotional. It, it, it is amazing. And on top of that, they're hilarious and they're cracking themselves up. And so you can't help but laugh. It is an amazing, fun show. So I'm trying desperately to get them on our show. But even if I don't, you have to go listen to Starship Therapies. There's only about 25 episodes, and they're really short. But they are brilliant, and they are wonderful, and I highly recommend them. That sounds great. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music at Ben Sound by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the geek to geek network. Check out other geek to geek shows such as the geek to geek podcast, tea time with Katie and Chelsea, and sometimes Rob. Also check out our Twitch streamers, capsule J and Troidal power, and make sure to join our Reddit community at r forward slash geek to geek cast. 
You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Ray, where can we find you? As always, I am across various social media platforms at Ray Vargas 3. So that's my name, Ray Vargas, and then the number 3. And if you want to check out my artwork, you can go to rayvargas3.com. And Troy, where should people be looking for you? Uh, just search Troidal Power pretty much anywhere and you'll find me. Nice. <laughs> well, that's it, folks. Um, that's our phase four wrap up. Um, we will be talking to you again next week. But until then, remember this week, keep it geek. Hey, Geek the Tube listeners. I love gaming just as much as Joe loves gaming. And we love to talk about what a workout and talk with the people about it. So listen to Frazzlecast, a weekly podcast where we talk with people from around Azeroth and beyond. Find us at gnomepodcast.com or in your favorite podcast players. Just for spelling the name, it's F-R-A-Z-L-C-A-S-T. I should have thought better for naming that.